Welcome, sports fans, to the Shoot Your Thought podcast with your hosts, Josh Sanger and Neil Rampersod. Hello and welcome to the Shoot Your Thought podcast. I thought I'd let the intro play out today because we're not as upset as we were last episode. Neil, how are you? Good. You know, we were just talking about how fired up we get with that intro. Yeah, and when seriously. That music hits. It's like WWF, you know, like when your music <laughs> hits, like... come running out. Yeah, it's like the, the stone cold chair. breaking. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's great. It's uh, yeah, every time it's still surreal to me every time we hear that we hear that intro. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that we're still as excited about it. Uh, let's get into it today. We got a fun show to talk about. We're going to talk about losers of the week. We're going to talk about that stupid fight that happened over the weekend. We're going to talk about the NBA and what's going on in the playoffs. A whole bunch of shit. Uh, we're going to talk about the NHL um, with a little bit less bitterness this week. Um, and then we're going to talk about uh, NFL and a pretty big trade happened uh, recently. So we're going to talk about that. But first, let's get into losers of the week. Loser. Neil, why don't you start us off? Losers of the week. My loser, Josh, is Mark Shifley. Ooh. Okay. I thought we were going to wait until later on the episode to talk about this, but. Mark Shifley, you know, we're not going to play spoiler here. Everyone knows that. The Montreal Canadiens have won seven game, six games in a row. No, they've won they've won seven games in a row now. I guess yeah, they, no, they, they won, won three four. in a row, three in a row against the Leafs. Yeah, and they then, did. Seven regardless, games in a row. like they just they're coming off the heels of a sweep against the Winnipeg Jets. But I think you know, like in Game One, the the turning point, as in the Leafs series in Game One, the turning point was a player on Winnipeg, Mark Shifley, with three seconds left in the game, coming full speed and headhunting. And he had basically a midair check hit on Jake Evans on the Montreal Canadiens who had his head down and he was evidently injured on the play. And, you know, like, I think four games, the four-game suspension that he received was fair. Um, You know, like, Analysts around the league probably think otherwise. They probably think he should have been out for maybe eight games or ten games because it was such a vicious act on the ice, and there was no room for that in the NHL. So my loser of the week, someone who costs. We're gonna get into it a little bit later, but someone who you know costs their team team chemistry and and you know like basically put them at a setback before the series even got started is Mark Shifley. Yeah. Honestly, and that happened in game one. So I know yeah. we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but my question to you is, do they blame Mark Shifley for losing that series? They got a lot to blame. You know, I don't know if it was like the extended rest after, you know, their own first round sweep of the Edmonton Oilers or I don't know what it was, but we'll get into it when we when we discuss that we'll, series we'll a little bit more in depth. That. But yeah, for sure. Um, my loser of the week, or should I say losers, are or is anyone who paid for that fight last night. Anyone who paid to watch that Floyd, Did you pay to watch that fight? On Sunday night? Absolutely not. Okay, good. So anyone who paid for the Floyd Mayweather-Logan Paul fight just... It wasn't a real fight. It it's wasn't. A, it's an exhibition. And the thing is, if you paid for that fight thinking you were going to see an actual boxing match and not... Something straight out of, you know, a a showmanship WWE staged, whatever the hell that was, then I don't know. 
you you need to you need maybe need someone to tell you how to manage your money because that was just ridiculous. And if you placed a bet on that fight, that's a different thing. I'm not gonna. I mean, like I was very I was close to placing a bet on that fight. But then, you know, I saw the stipulations of the fight that there was going to be no judging, no official winner. Uh, knockouts were allowed, but, you know, I don't think I didn't think there was going to be a knockout. I thought it was going to go the distance anyways. Neil, what are your thoughts on this? Should we get into it? Should we get into I've it? I've got one word with two syllables, Josh. Lackluster. Lackluster. That's that's my take on this fight. And yeah. you know, this is this was a fight between one of the greatest boxers in history. And one of the best YouTube personalities okay. in his family. Okay, whoa. In his family. Okay, in his family. Yes. Okay, yes. One of the best. <laughs> one of the best YouTubers in his family. Okay, yes. It ended, you know, predictably. Um, I didn't think that this fight would go the like the distance in like in eight rounds. And if you watch the fight, it was evident that, you know, Logan Paul had no endurance. And he was sluggish after the second round, you yeah. know, and he came out flying. He came out. Yeah. Mayweather, I mean, Mayweather looked like obviously like he lost a step and that like he didn't have the same agility that he did like he once did. He allowed um, Logan Paul to swing freely at him and um, he gave up. He OK, Mayweather was 20 years older than Logan Paul. You know, he's 34 pounds lighter than Logan Paul. You know, it was like. David and Goliath situation here, but you know, this is a situation where Goliath had no skill whatsoever and David had all the skill. Yeah. But you know, in truth, Mayweather could have probably ended this fight if he wanted to, but he knows his audience and, you know, perhaps with the fact that he had his eye on the money, you know, being money Mayweather, he let everyone have their money's worth and the fight went the distance. That's the thing. It's almost as if like, I remember the Conor McGregor fight and, you know, he wants it to go to the the distance. He doesn't want to end it too soon. He he only started coming out in like the seventh or eighth round. Uh, but he also, the reason why the Conor McGregor versus Mayweather fight took so long to start was because there was apparently there was a, like a blackout in Florida. So a lot of people weren't able to, to actually tune into it. And so May, Mayweather actually didn't come out to the fight until they got that fixed because he was going to lose a lot of money if he went out during that blackout so you know it was it was 100% just about the money like mm. there was nothing and you know I'm, I'm looking at this fight like the reason why he wanted it to go the distance was because you know a he might have had some money on it in the first place um but also he wanted more people to tune in and he knows like maybe if the fight goes a little bit longer more people are going to tune in more people are going to jump in maybe not at the start of the fight but as the fight goes on so I don't know. It's it's it wasn't a it wasn't a sport. It was not a sport. Nothing about that was the sport of boxing. And I think boxers around the world watching that should be ashamed um, because that that wasn't that wasn't boxing. It was it was completely spectacle. They didn't have judges for it. There was no official winner for it. You know what I mean? Like I know knockouts were allowed, but like there was never going to be a knockout in this fight. You know, like the the. <laughs> The purse that each one of these competitors took home was ridiculous. You know, Mayweather said last week that he expected to earn between fifty and a hundred million dollars from this fight. That makes me sick. And that makes know, me sick to my stomach. Yeah, I mean that's he makes business decisions. That's what he does. Logan Paul was guaranteed two hundred and fifty k, 
and a 10% cut of the pay-per-view earnings. So, you know, he's still getting a huge payday as well. He's not making as much as Mayweather is, but, you know, that's just the way it is. And the buildup of the fight, if you're watching this fight, it looked the part. You know, even if the fight did not look the part, you know, they had Migos walk out and play one of their, perform one of their, you know, like latest hits that they just released. Um, If you look at who was in the crowd, it was like peppered with stars, like from the NBA, NFL, Hollywood. May- Mayweather even walked out to the ring in like an alligator skin uh, gown, you know, like, and I think, you know, getting out of that alligator skin gown was probably the hardest thing he had to do in that <laughs> span, in the time yeah, span. In that, in that time frame, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what these, what these quote unquote boxing, you know, fight nights are turning into. Like, yeah. I get the, the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight, like that was... You know, Conor McGregor coming from the world of MMA, coming into boxing, you know, I think that was that was a fight that lived up to the hype. I will yeah. say that. Um, but if we're going to include, like, YouTube stars into this, like, fucking Jake Paul and Logan Paul, I think partially the reason why there was no judges for that fight last night is so Logan Paul almost immediately made a TikTok last night after the match. Of course. If you want to call it a match. And he he made that. I don't know if you remember. Kanye has this very uh, specific, you know, quote from one of his. Uh, he won an award at at, at at it wasn't a Grammy, but it was something along the like MTV Awards or something like that. Yeah. And he, as he won, he his speech was essentially, everyone's asking me what I would have done if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. And Logan Paul took that quote and said that in a TikTok last night. So, like, he's trying to claim that, like, I didn't lose, guys. Like, I didn't get knocked out. So, technically, I didn't lose. Maybe I won the fight. Did I win the fight? I don't know. And then you have got, like, fucking Jake Paul coming out and saying that, oh, yeah, Logan, my brother, won the fight. Like, fuck off. God, I'm so sick. Like, stop giving these people this this fucking airtime. Like, I'm so... Or let me fight them, but like, don't don't put it on pay per view. Like, come like Jake Paul, Logan Paul, come to my house and I'll fight you. There you go. They're just kids, you know. Like that's, you know, they're kids in the spotlight, and you know, like they go even on record saying, "Hey, like we're only doing this. We're we're trying to make fighters be paid appropriately and accordingly." No, that's what they're that's saying. what they're coming out and that's saying. What they're coming but that and saying, is you not know, and their intention. Good and lord, you, you even saw that. You know, Francis Naganyu in the UFC uh, on his Twitter while this fight was going on, he's like, they got paid for what? For doing that? Yeah. All that money for doing that? Yeah. And it just goes to show like, hey, like, you know, the the fighters that are actually putting their body and their, their livelihoods on the line and that train professionally for years to get to the UFC, to get beat down, to put on a show... Do not get paid. They probably get a couple million at most per year. If that, yeah. If that. Yeah. You know, and to see what, like, this joke of an exhibition and how much they got paid for it, it was it was a little, like, disheartening for some of them, yeah, you know? And it course. was a little bit, it was a tough pill to swallow. Of course. Like, you, you see interviews of, like, uh, them asking UFC fighters, like, what are your thoughts on this? And a lot of them are just like, oh, I don't want to comment. Yeah, they're like, pissed. ridiculous. Yeah. They're fucking stupid. pissed. I'd be pissed, too, if I were them. Like, are we forgetting that Logan Paul literally recorded himself finding a dead body 
and making fun of it. Do you remember that video? Yeah. And like, there's there's videos of him like he went to Japan with some friends and like dressed up as a Pokemon and was like throwing Pokeballs at the Japanese people walking by. Like, this guy's an asshole. Mm. And like Jake Paul and Logan Paul, when the when all the um, all the protests were happening last last summer um, with the Black Lives Matter and everything, he went around looting malls and literally put it on Instagram Live. And we're just disregarding all of that. Like, I, I don't know if you saw, but the next fight that's happening is Woodley versus Jake Paul. And that's something I'm looking forward to only in the sense that hopefully Woodley literally knocks the sense out of Jake Paul and we never have to see Jake Paul again. Knocks him into oblivion. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I'm knocks hoping for. Knocks him back into his mother's womb. Yeah. That'll be... Oh, God. I don't know. I was going to make a comment, but nope, I'm not going to go there. Oh, God. Nope, not going to do it. Uh, but hopefully, Woodley is the one to shut him up because there needs to be someone. It wasn't going to be Ben Askren. Woodley is very recently removed from the MMA. So I, I think, hopefully... I mean, I don't even want to hype this up. It's a boxing match, though. It's a boxing match, but Woodley is a striker. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't want to hype this up. I don't... I'm just going to watch the replay after... Again, we have a siren outside talking about, you know... It's, it's our national anthem. It's our national anthem of Toronto. Uh, citywide anthem. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping Woodley is the one to, to knock him out. But I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to pay to watch it. I'll watch the highlights. Maybe. We'll see. All right, let's move on to some NBA now. And uh, very interesting playoffs thus far, huh, Josh? Yeah, interesting to say the least. Like, we've got... Miami Heat and the LA Lakers, who were in the finals last year, are both out in the first round. Yeah, see you later. See you later. Like, what happened? Like, what do you think happened with the Lakers? Let's start with the Lakers. The Lakers were not healthy. On top of that, they just did not have the depth to, to compete with a team like the young Phoenix Suns. Um, you, you saw Anthony Davis come back way too soon. I don't know whoever that coach was that gave him the green light to play. It just like you can further injure yourself, and yeah. like that's exactly what happened to Anthony Davis. He came back too soon during the season, then he tried to come back too soon in the playoffs, and now the Lakers are eliminated. Well, so did LeBron, right? Like LeBron came back pretty early too. Yeah, um, he he, you know, he saw his team slipping in the regular season, so he. I mean, I mean, that decision was probably on LeBron. Like he was the one that probably said he's coming back. He didn't really make that a choice for the doctors themselves. Yeah, but he came back for like two games, and then he had to sit out for like the next four or something like that. So, yeah, the team was not healthy. The team they continuously were slipping in the regular season. They were slipping in the standings, and that's why they didn't have home court advantage for, you know, this series. But yeah, that's why they had to do the play-in tournament as well. So I don't know. It wasn't the year for the Lakers. Hopefully next year they can they can get healthy again. I, I think we'll see some not wholesale changes for the Lakers, but I definitely think we'll see some changes in the offseason. Uh in terms of the Heat, like I don't know. The East just is weird this year. Like the Heat getting knocked out by the Bucks and now Brooklyn just having their way with the Bucks. Like, I don't know. I can't really like I can't really. I, there's no way to tell. That's why I'm just. I'm staying away from betting on this this playoffs, because I don't know. There's. I can't predict it. This just. I mean, you could probably predict Brooklyn. You know, going to town on Milwaukee, but with James Harden hurt, I don't know. I thought it was going to be a closer series. Yeah, I mean, like you saw them play without James Harden last night. And they won by almost forty points. Yeah. Right. So, 
They that have, team has they depth. destroyed them. Yeah. That team has depth. Blake Griffin was throwing down dunks. That team Blake Griffin's come alive. He scored he had a double double of seventeen and fourteen in game one. He only played twenty odd minutes in this past game last night, and Blake He's, Griffin looks like you, you you know, like this entire season we bashed Blake Griffin hard because he was a shell of what he was, yeah. especially when he was playing on on Detroit. On Detroit. Yeah. And since he's come into, you know, this organization with the Nets, he has he's probably the fourth or fifth option on this team. He he doesn't have to shoulder a load anymore. You know, he can kind of play a little bit more freely. He, the offense doesn't have to run through him. In fact, it doesn't at all. He just cleans up messes, you know. Or yeah, he literally grabs rebound and rebounds and throws them yeah, down. You can see like, a slight rejuvenation of of Blake Griffin, and it's, it's nice to see because the Nets need him right now with James Harden going down with a hamstring injury. Yeah, Blake Griffin is a player that when he wants to play, when he's having fun playing, he's going to be at his best. Yeah, and he was not having fun. He what he didn't want to be in Detroit. Um, you know, so we're seeing classic like Clippers Griffin right now. Because he, he can smell that championship. I don't think, I honestly don't think anyone stands to can, stands a chance against Brooklyn in this entire playoffs. Like, you got the, the Suns and, yeah, I think the Suns and maybe Utah are, are going to give Brooklyn a run for their money. But, I yeah, I don't think, I think this is Brooklyn's year. I, even if Harden's out for the rest of the postseason. You know what's hilarious is, the I'm just gonna call it right now. The Brooklyn Nets are probably gonna sweep the Milwaukee Bucks. That's my thought, and I'm shooting it on this podcast. Shoot it. Um, these aren't the Milwaukee Bucks of the past. You know, these aren't you know like the the scary stacked lineup that the Milwaukee Bucks have had. I thought going into the playoffs that the Bucks actually had. A decent chance yeah. here, you know. Is with, this not their most talented roster, though? And Drew Holiday alone is a massive upgrade over Eric Bledsoe, you yeah. know, over what they used That's to what have. They, yeah. So, are they not an improvement on last season? They are, but they're not playing like it. Okay, yes, they're not playing. They like barely it. like those. Some of those games against the Miami Heat, they barely won. It took, I think, game one. It took like a Chris Middleton like game winner to for them to escape game one. And after game one, you know, the Miami Heat could not come back from that. You know, they couldn't beat this depth. But I don't even think the Milwaukee Bucks could beat the Atlanta Hawks if they were to face the Atlanta Hawks in the East. You yeah. know, so... Trey's on another level right now. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that in a sec. But, like, Trey's I just, just want to... I want to ask if Milwaukee cannot figure out how to get over this hump, what does that mean for Giannis? I knew you were going to ask that. I knew it. Um, I mean, he just signed the max extension. And he can just ask for a trade. A trade. Because this organization continues to have this pattern of losing. No, I don't think he leaves this specific offseason. I, I think, think if he, the same thing happens next season, I think we'll see a different story. It's happened so many, every season. He hasn't been able to get past He's the still pretty young, though. He's still pretty young. He's got... He's like maybe going into his prime. I see it the same way as the Maple Leafs situation in hockey. Oh, I thought right? we were going to talk about the Leafs on this episode. Well, they All can't right, get past ahead. the hump. And what what is our suggestion for them? You know, blow it up. Do you think the Milwaukee Bucks should blow it up if they are to lose against Brooklyn? If they lose 
as the way they did last night in the next two games, then maybe it's a different story. Yeah. Yes. If they do not show up at all like they did last night, I think, yes, you do have to look deep at this team and, and figure out, you know, a long-term solution. I do not think you get rid of Giannis. No. I don't think no amount of draft picks can replace Giannis. That's my opinion. I think there are other expendable units on this team. I don't think Giannis is one of those expendable options. I think Giannis is the person you build a team around. You look at other teams, other you know winning teams uh, and championship favorites in the NBA, and they all have big twos or big threes. And I think that's what the problem is here for Milwaukee. Who's their big two or big three? You know, Middleton's... Chris Middleton and Giannis. Okay. Yeah. You know, Middleton's so. not... You know, he, he's capable of putting on great performances, but he's not a reliable... He's not a star, is what I'm saying. Neither is Drew Holiday. These aren't stars. These are, like, very good players, but they're not stars. They're not stars. Okay, yeah, I see. You know, you so... Anytime you're going to stack up against a big two or big three, you don't have, you don't, you can't put the ball in Chris Middleton's hands and say, oh my God, he's going to win us the game. You yeah. know, like he, he's just not that capable a player. And I think that's what the Milwaukee Bucks problem is here. Like they don't have the star power beside Giannis to, you know, compete against a Brooklyn team or a Philly team. But or, they also now don't have the budget to go out and get a star player. They're paying everyone on their team a lot of money. So, I don't know. They'll have to move a Middleton or they'll have to move a Drew Holiday yeah. in order to get someone big. Um, oh, my God. If Can you imagine if, like, a Kawhi goes there in the offseason and you got Kawhi and Giannis tearing or, it up in Milwaukee next Dame. season? Don't even talk about that. If he gets traded to Milwaukee? Don't even talk about that. Dame is coming to Toronto if anywhere. I hope so. If Dame goes anywhere, it better be Toronto. I hope he. I honestly hope he doesn't go anywhere. I hope he stays with Portland, and I hope he wins a championship in Portland. I really do. I think they. That's a different story, but they need to change up their roster a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't there, think there will be some trades this off season in in Portland. There's already going to be a new coach. Yeah, um, as the coach stepped down. Yeah, but there but, will be some changes for them because they're going through the exact same thing where they continuously lose in the first or second round every season. That's the thing about Portland is that like I don't know if you saw that performance from Dame Lillard. Yeah, Dame was hitting everything, everything, every yeah. three. Nothing phased him. It got to a point where the first three that he missed in the overtime, Austin Rivers literally put his hands together and said, "Thank you, God, for Dame missing a shot." Because there was no way they were going to win that team if Dame kept on shooting the way he was. But the thing is, he was the only one making shots on Portland. No one else was doing it. Covington went up for a dunk at one point and completely missed the rim. It was like, the, this, <laughs> this team is not... <laughs> this team is not going to win a championship with him. Dame is a, a star that's going to win a championship yeah. wherever he goes. But you have goes to back have... To, it goes back to what I just said, though. You, know, you, you can't win unless you have multiple... It has to be stars... On your is CJ McCollum not a star though? I think CJ McCollum's a star. He's in the he's, same caliber as a Chris Middleton. I you think he's, he's not, a step. I don't above think he's a, a star. I think he's a step above a Chris Middleton. Maybe he's not a star, but he's. I think he's a step. Above Maybe he's him. he's he's the same kind of star as Demar Derozan is. 
He's not like game changing. Are we bringing Demar Derozan slander <laughs> into the Shoot Your Thought podcast? Oh my god! What also, happens with Demar? This it's a big, it's a big season for free agents. Yeah. Demar is one of them. Demar is one of them. Does Demar? Come so back is LeBron. Control? LeBron's a free agent as well. I know, but LeBron's not going anywhere. Are you kidding? No, I think he might. There's no way. There's no way. LeBron's gonna retire as a Laker, especially after. I mean, I hate to bring it up, but like with everything happening with Kobe. Mm-hmm. LeBron, he feels like he's the one that has to carry on the legacy in the Lakers. Yeah, there's you know, him, him winning the championship was him carrying on the legacy, right? So, I don't, know. I don't think he goes anywhere. I don't think no, no team is calling the Lakers and saying, you know, can we talk to LeBron, please? No, it's not gonna. No, LeBron's not going anywhere. I saw an article where Pat Riley from the Heat said that he would welcome LeBron back after that sour leaving years ago when he was in Miami and Pat Riley said, I think he said something and he's like, I would leave the key under the doormat. If LeBron wants to come, <laughs> if he wants to come back, the wow. keys under the doormat. Hey, uh, same goes for my apartment. LeBron, if you want to come hang out at any time, I'll leave the key S- under the, under super the mat. weird. It's That's... super, <laughs> it's super <laughs> weird. Uh, but uh, no, I don't think, I don't think, I think any team would be welcoming LeBron. You know, I think any team has a key under their doormat for LeBron James, but no, I don't think he goes anywhere in terms of, you know, Kawhi or, uh, or DeMar. I was really hoping the the Clippers were going to lose that game seven against the Mavs. I was really hoping for it, but unfortunately it didn't end up happening. The Clippers, you know, came out and looked like a different team. And so Kawhi has a better chance of staying in LA now. But um, anyways, all right, so we're going to talk about NHL now with a little less bitterness than last week. Um, we're not going to talk about that, that one team from Toronto. We are going to, well, I'm not going to talk about it. You're welcome to talk about them. We are going to talk about the Canadians sweeping the Jets. Spanking the Jets. Spanking them. Sh- good old Shifley spanking. Just want to um, talk about Carey Price to start off. You know, like Carey Price, if, if Montreal can continue this ridiculous run that they're on right now and Carey Price wins a Stanley Cup this season with Montreal he's going to go down as like probably one of the best this is going to be one of the best playoff performances of all time of all time you know we've seen Mika Kiprasov in the past with Calgary we've seen Mike Smith with Edmonton Martin Broder, Marty Broder, Patrick Wall. We've seen Matt, like Jonathan Quick with, with yeah, LA. Yeah. We've seen magical performances that have won Stanley Cups for their teams in the past. And this is the exact same caliber performance that we're seeing from Carey Price right now. Yeah. You know, it's almost, he's almost giving his team uh, like a boost of confidence saying, Hey, like I'm not going to let these guys score more than two goals for me. You go and chip away and get me two goals and we'll win this game. Yeah. And that's what they've done. That's what he's saying. Yeah. That's and a good he's, point. It's gone to a point now where he is now in all players, opposing players psyche as in like, Hey, you're not going to score, not gonna me. score me. Yeah. Literally this series was supposed to go to seven games. Like this was two of the greatest goaltenders in the world right now and Connor Hellebuck and Carey Price and Carey Price just showed out like it was but that's the thing about Montreal is that them coming into this playoffs in this postseason like they had nothing to prove you know they were they were never supposed to make it past round one we're not going to talk about that they were the season the series was always going to go seven games or was supposed to and they just came out like flying 
They just yeah. they had their number. He's elevating this team at the right time. This team's peaking at the right time. They they have their 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 old veterans, you know, playing well. Corey Perry and Eric Stahl, you know, they're they're really big motivators on this team for the young guys. Yeah, Tyler Toffoli for them was such a good pickup. Josh Anderson, oh my gosh, they Cole Caulfield coming Cole Caulfield, up. Like he's, yeah. you think Tuck he's going to score every time that the puck's on his. You know, this team's like really well rounded. You know, and and they're they're all clicking at the right time. They've got great chemistry. You know, like they. They look good. You know, I hate saying that the Canadians look good, but they look good. And the Canadians, I mean, I don't want to talk too I don't want to talk too well about the Canadians. <laughs> I don't want to give them too much props, but I will say that the team that was in the papers, in the news, in the media this entire season was the team that lost against the Montreal Canadiens. So maybe just maybe the Montreal Canadiens have a bright future ahead of them. Even if they don't, you know, make it to the Stanley Cup this season. I think, you know, like we can't we can't really talk so highly about the Montreal Canadiens without talking about their unsung hero. You know, who got them where they are today? Jake Allen. You know, Jake Allen is getting no spotlight. He's getting no, you know, congratulations. He is the reason that the Montreal Canadiens made it to the goal, to the playoffs. Yeah, he stepped up in this in this season. He, you know, he I really stepped up. I would love to see him get a start. You know, if you know, in the next round, if they go up two games or three games, obviously that would, you know, fucking ruin whatever confidence or uh, momentum that Carey Price has. But that's the thing. Know. Yeah, you can't you can't start Jake Allen. No, you can't. There's no way. Even if there's a back to back situation, you cannot do that. No. But um, it's interesting, like relating this back to that one team from Toronto. Um, you know, Jack Campbell was the one that stood on his head in this in this season, and he was the one that got the start in the postseason. And Anderson was left on the bench when you know coming into this season, Anderson was our number one. And then you look at Montreal. You know, Jake Allen was the guy that stepped up. Like Carey Price was injured for a lot of this season, and Jake Allen was the guy that stepped up. That was a great signing by the Canadians. Hundred percent. But you know, come playoff time, move over Jake Allen. It's Carey Price time. So I mean, like I hope. Wow, I was I was very close to saying I hope they win the Stanley Cup. Wow, I I almost said it. This is <laughs> be nice for a Canadian team to win, but no, is, not the Canadians. Is, they don't even want to be a part of Canada. Like, are, yeah, are they? <laughs> That's is they, Quebec a part of Canada? No, still? they've been trying to separate for years. There's no way they're not a Canadian team. They don't want to be here. And frankly, I don't want them here. But that's change their team them. name to the Montreal Not So Canadians. Montreal Not So Canadians. Maybe that's the the title of this podcast. I think we just figured it out. <laughs> not so Canadian. The Not So Canadians. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about what's happening in the West right now? Well, I mean, I crazy, say West. just absolute pandemonium in like the I one series it. that I'm I'm you know zoned in on right now is Colorado and I was and hoping Vegas. you would say that 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 is and that should be the Stanley Cup final this year I don't know what I don't know I don't know what to say but like Vegas is completely destroying Colorado right now in the la- at least in the last three games no in game one Colorado won like 7-1 yeah in the last three games though like Vegas deserved to win game two but Colorado pulled it out Vegas in the last two games, actually in Vegas, where fans about eighteen thousand fans were, were yeah, packed. I mean it's cool to see. It's a little weird to see, but it's cool. To see. It was a packed house. You know, ice quality wasn't the greatest because it was so goddamn hot in that arena. Um, you could see when players were skating on the ice that there was so much 
snow being like yeah. shot up every time a skater would stop. Um, but holy Vegas, I watched both those games in Vegas outplayed out hustled. They got to a point where Colorado played probably 90% of the game in their own zone in games three and four. And you could, you could see visibly how tired they were, how tired the players were on Colorado and how frustrated Nathan McKinnon was getting. How, yeah. How, who do you think going into the series was the favorite? Colorado was, they were about to hand Colorado the cup. Yeah. You know, they were huge cup favorites. And yeah, going, yeah, going into the playoffs, everyone was just like, are you guys watching this Colorado team right now? They look scary good. And now, yeah, Vegas is humbling them. Vegas is just a bigger team in size, yes. right? Like guys like Marcheseau and... But this know. might be what Colorado needs. I still think Colorado's going to pull this series out. I do. It's I, anyone's game now. But this might be the series that humbles them and makes them you know, think twice about you know, some of the mistakes that they are clearly making. I still think Colorado pulls this out. Yeah, it's, it's gonna, I think this series is going to go seven. You know, it's going to be yeah, a crazy game seven if it does get there. And that'll be the game to watch. Yeah, game seven. And it's nice to see, like, actual hockey again. You know, like uh, like fans in the stands, you know, like big momentum swings. You don't see that without the fans, right? The fans yeah. always give their team an extra boost. and it, That's why this season was really lackluster. It was just yeah. like when you score a goal, it's just there's no, like, excitement. Like, you score a goal, you high five your teammates and then you go back to the bench like it was so it yeah it is good to see that in this postseason the goaltending in this series too has been you know like two it's two Vezina caliber goalies going up against each other and i have no idea why robin laner even got starts in this playoffs because the flower man himself mark andre Fleury, he's on fire yeah he is a like he's so solid in net especially come playoffs and like he's probably the most underrated goalie of all time. I'd, I'd say so too. You know, yeah. like with with he's, his with his resume, with how much he's won, he's won at every stop of like uh, like in terms of his professional career. Yeah, everywhere he's gone, he's won. So Team Canada, Pittsburgh, now almost Vegas in their inaugural season. But yeah, and that was all because of him. It was because of him. Yeah. He hey, took a team to the Stanley Cup final. The Flyer man's playing well, and Grubauer on the other side is playing equally as well. Yeah. You know, and he's the only reason that Colorado had a chance the last two games. It's uh it's it's gonna be a fun, a fun series to watch, especially if this goes to seven games for sure. Yeah. Uh should we move on to some NFL news? Some pretty darn big NFL news happened this this past week. Do you want to talk about that, Neil? Yes, I mean like we knew Julio Jones was going to play in a new atmosphere this season coming up. We just didn't know where and we didn't know when it was going to happen. Did you hear that he didn't know, you know, when he when he was talking about like, oh, he's out of there, this, this, he, he said it on the podcast, right? He, yeah. said, he said apparently he didn't know he was being recorded during that, him saying that he was out of there this offseason. He didn't, he thought he was just having a conversation with a friend. He didn't know that he was being recorded. That's what he came out and said. I don't that's know if that's said? true. I don't know if that's true, but that's what he said. Yeah. He said, I don't know. I didn't know I was being recorded. Oh, so he got blindsided then. <laughs> yeah. And so all of this started, all of this, I mean, it was probably going to happen anyways, but it was clearly like jump started because of what he said that yeah. <laughs> on the podcast, which he didn't even know was being recorded. So that's pretty funny. 
Well, here we are. Uh, the Falcons have traded wide receiver Julio Jones and a sixth rounder in the future for to the Titans for a second and fourth round pick. You know, so I think, you know, for an aging wide receiver who has had health concerns over the last few seasons, who, you know, like is still an impact player, but we just don't know if he can stay on the field for a string of games. You know, this is a good risk for Tennessee, but this is a great haul for Atlanta as well. You know, so to, to get a second and a fourth back for Julio Jones, that's great. And they get that salary off their salary cap. So this is a great move for Atlanta. This is a great move for Tennessee. I think they're both winners here. Yeah, clearly, uh, you know, Atlanta's looking at the future right now. They're looking at like what, you know, going forward, what the rebuild is going to look like. I do feel a little bad for Matt Ryan. Yeah. Um, because, you know, he he's now a quarterback and quarterbacking a team that's going into a rebuild and he's probably in the final year or two of his career. So it's, it's, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in Atlanta, but in terms of the Titans, the Titans look like they want to win right now. Yeah. And they, they can, you know, the window of having Derek Henry at the top of his game, Ryan Tannehill at the top of his game and an emerging star in AJ Brown. Derek Henry. is one of the best running backs I think I've ever seen. The Yeti himself. He's he is insane. No one wa- <laughs> He's so big. Like no one wants to fucking take this guy down, right? Like yeah, no one can stop him. No. Like it's in oh, just if he's not the first running back you take in your fantasy draft, I don't know. I don't know. If he's not the first running back that goes in your fantasy draft, then you're in the wrong fantasy league cuz wow. It's crazy, but um, Tennessee avoided having to part with a first rounder to acquire yeah this pro bowler. I think that's probably what Atlanta was asking for for Julio, but yeah, um, I don't know. I think I still think it's going to be a good season for Tennessee, and they're now you know in the in the championship you know finals discussion. You know, like there's they're actually like they're going, contenders yeah. in the AFC. They're actual contenders. Yeah, they're it's it's going to be yeah they're they're definitely in the talks for sure 100 yeah. percent. Alrighty, folks thank you so much for tuning in that is our show hopefully we brought a little bit more happiness this episode than we did last episode thank you for listening my name is josh hell yeah my name's neil you guys uh have a great week we'll see you again next week thank you for listening to another episode of the shoot your thought podcast